0: I, uh, I'm excited to get into um, get into this today, and uh, I'll tell you up front, it's uh, another practical one. Um, I I tend to be like the practical guy, uh, so thank you. Um, so hopefully, you guys can grab hold of a tool or two that will help you as uh, as we get into this here. But I'm gonna jump into it because we got a lot to cover. Um, But starting in Matthew chapter 25, this is where our root verse is going to be here today. This is the parable of the talents. So Jesus is telling this parable to his people. And so I'm gonna kind of zip through this. There's quite a few verses to unpack. So lock in with me, because I know sometimes it's hard to stay focused for like 15 whole verses, right? Um, But stay locked in with me. So again, It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags. To one or another, he had two bags and another one bag, each according to his ability. He gives us all different abilities. Then he went on his journey you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one that has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Before we get any further here, I just wanna share the title of the sermon today. That title is, Win More. Win More. Let's go ahead and pray. Pray with me. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to be here and present uh, with you and your presence, being so present in this place, God. We thank you for that. God, I pray that you would speak your word, that you would speak it well through my lips, God, that you would just have your way and and through me that you would just share your word in an effective way and that we would all just open our ears, our eyes, our hearts, our minds to receive your word today, that it would move us in a new way that, that causes us to change and be impactful for you and your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So last week, uh, we had a ministry team meeting and we went through this exercise where we went around the room and everyone had an opportunity to share their why, right? Their purpose of why they do ministry here at the bridge. And it was a really cool exercise to just hear everyone share their why, one of the ministry team leaders, they shared that growing up, uh, them and their brother, they, they were raised in church and went to church, but as they got older, uh, their brother had kind of lost his way and, and really not living a life for God and how that broke their heart. And even though that this leader kind of had their own uh, hiatus, um, that they, they were able to find their way back him and what was that that drawed them back to God and now they want to figure out that way that here that they can show what it's like and how important it is to just have this genuine love and relationship with God that's sustaining cool right another one shared that by coming here to the bridge their experience was that they found that there was this unbelievable community of believers and people that they could surround themselves with. And now they just want to create that for anyone else that comes in from the community that they can feel what it's like to be a part of a family of God. Another one shared that by coming to the bridge, the family, their family was was kind of all over the place. And by coming to church and learning about Jesus Christ, it pulled the family all together and it really just bonded the family to the point where it's like a total 180. Now they're all just in line and in sync and they want others to experience that same thing, that their family would just be so united in following Jesus Christ. Cool stuff, right? So what I wanna do is I actually wanna give you guys a moment to do this exercise. I'm gonna, here in just a moment, I'm gonna give you about a minute to really process what is my why. And I want you to literally take time to process that and write it down or type it in your phone. So I'm giving you a little bit of a head start here to get your stuff ready. But in, in the meantime, I'll share my why because there's, you can see, you'll see that there are multiple layers to this thing and maybe this will help you as you process your own. And if you've been coming to the bridge for any period of time, you probably know that we have this purpose statement and you'll see how closely mine ties to that. But my why is that I would just love God and worship Him with everything I've got. Like in everything that I do, I want to glorify Him. I want to glorify him in the way that I am a husband to to my wife. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to glorify him by how well I am a husband to Tara. I I want to glorify him by how I raise my children and love on my kids and how well I father them. I want to honor him through my career when I'm going through my Monday through Friday eight to five that I'm honorable in my career and that I would just be so pleasing to him as I serve him in ministry and serve others, that I would just love on people and and care for them to the point where they just feel it, like they feel that I care about them, that when they're going through things, I'm there for them, When when they have success, that I'm there to celebrate with them, that I could help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, that I could somehow, some way equip them to then serve him as well and, and serve him in their own ministry, that they could feel the joy and fulfillment of what service feels like. That's my why. As you can see, there's multiple layers to this. So hopefully... That's got you thinking, that's got the juices flowing. We've got some class participation this week, so you guys might as well wake up now, all right? So I'm, we're going to get some background music going here. I'm going to give you about a minute. I'm going to feel the room, and whenever we feel like we're rapping, we'll go ahead and pull back together. So go ahead, get some music going, take some time, really digest, process, what is my why, and write it down. see some of you still wrapping up. So finish your thought there. And if you weren't able to really process in that short period of time, it's kind of a loaded question for a whole minute to write it down. So I get it. I get it. But I urge you to continue to wrestle with that and really tackle what is my why. If this is my purpose in life, it's kind of an important thing. Can we all agree to that? Like We need to kind of figure this out. So I would encourage you to finish wrestling that thing down, write it down, and if at all possible, put it in front of you. I have uh, a piece of paper on my desk that is a constant reminder because if it's not in front of you, out of sight, out of mind, right? So we will be much more effective if we have it out in front of us. All right, so keep your paper out. Keep your phones out, because like I said, it's pretty practical, uh, so I would encourage note-taking if that's your thing. Um, we do have some paper and pens. If you need some paper, you can just give them, raise your hand a little bit, and we'll, we'll get you taken care of. So uh, interesting exercise, right? Um, what I find interesting about this exercise is in some areas, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. You know, like I can puff my chest out, yeah, I'm killing it, right? And then there's those other parts where I'm like, yeah, I need to kind of step it up, right? There's this, there's these areas of our life where we know we are called to do them, but yet we just can't seem to be as effective as we wanna be. And if you agree with me, just give me a little nod of the head. Like, you wanna be more effective? You know you're called to this. But why can I not quite get there? What is holding you back? What, what holds you back? Is it a, a fear of failure, right? The, our root scripture talked about how the servant with one bag was afraid. He was operating out of fear. Is it fear of, of pain? Is it a lack of confidence? Like you're not competent enough to do it? Uh, or are you just worn out? I know I get there. I pray regularly, God, give me energy, give me passion, because sometimes I just feel exhausted, right? But how, if this is what I'm called to do in this life here on earth, how can I push past those things? So I get to use my whiteboard. I love using whiteboards. Um, so yeah, just, you're gonna know, have to deal with it. Um, So when we talk about uh, results, we talk about effectiveness, we have a why, we have a a target, right? We all have our targets that we're shooting for, our results, right? Hopefully this easel does not collapse on me. That would be embarrassing. Um, So we all have our why. We've established that um, in some of these cases, we're not doing as good as we wish we were, right? Right? What leads to a result is actions, right? Our actions lead to results. In order to get new results, we need new. Thank you, class participation. I said, all right. So, new actions. We need new actions. Now, we've all heard that people hate change, right? I don't really think that's the case. I don't think people hate change. I think they hate the the sacrifice, the discipline, the commitment that it takes to get to that change. Like, um, if let's just hypothetically speaking, you're say you're 50 pounds overweight. Okay, the idea of changing to losing 50 pounds and being at like that healthy ideal, I feel like I'm really healthy and good. The idea of that change probably isn't too hard to hate, right? Like we don't hate that change, but there are things that we have to do differently that lead to that change. Everyone with me? So uh, what causes us to be willing to change our actions is the question, and that is our emotional state. Our emotional state is what will drive us to action. Okay, so today I want to go over three ways, three ways to change our emotional state. The first one is to radically change your physiology, radically change your physiology. Now, this is where I obviously begin to talk about lobsters, right, (laughs) lobsters. No, seriously, lobsters. Um, lobsters have existed for 350 million years. Dinosaurs, to give some perspective, they existed about 60 to 250 million years ago. So lobsters existed before, long before dinosaurs, and obviously still exist. Thank you, Red Lobster, right? Right, butter them up. Um, so they whatever they have figured out on maintaining existence has been clearly effective. So there's been studies done on lobsters and how they operate, and they have this, this hierarchy in there, the way they, they live. So lobsters live at the seafloor. They have to find a home. They have to find a home that is secure, that will keep them safe from the predators above, and they have to be in a good place that they can also get out get the food that they need from the sea floor, So there's good spots to live as a lobster. Now, there's only so many good spots to live. So you're bound to come across a situation where one lobster wants your home, right? So now we've got a lobster coming in trying to take over the territory of another lobster. And what they do is they quickly assess one another. They will quickly size up one another, like, oh, man, his claws are much bigger than mine. I better bounce. Like, that, they do this really quickly. They assess, I'm not down for this. I'm out. Or they're like, I think I got this. You know, they hang around a little bit. And after they quickly assess, what they'll begin to do is they will flex up, and they will extend their appendages, and they'll get as tall and big as they can appear, they want to look as intimidating and dangerous as they can to that other lobster. Once they both square off like this, flexing their muscles, right, they then will determine, am I still in or not? Like, And if they're still in, here we go. It's game time. They start to go at each other, you know, snapping at each other and going after until one of them quits, is out, One of them gets severely injured, maybe even dies, but severely injured, right? And then the one that is the victor takes over the territory. What's interesting is the lobster that wins is exponentially more likely to win its next battle. The one that loses is very, very likely to lose his next battle. Get this. Even if that next battle is with a lobster that he's already beaten. Isn't that interesting? That brings us back to our root scripture. The the Matthew, some call it the Matthew principle. You've probably heard the Pareto principle, you've probably heard the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of what gets done is by 20% of the population. But in Matthew 25, 29, it says, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them, just like the servant with one bag, having to give the one bag to the one with 10. You think about life, think about wealth, you think about how this truly plays out. This is this is how this world works. When I was, uh, when I was a little boy, um, we used to play outside all the time with our neighbors across the street. We played sports mainly all the time, like every single day outside. And um, when I was real little, my neighbor was a year older, so he was bigger, he was stronger, and we played enough to where we got on each other's nerves every once in a while, and so we would get to these points where, like, we had had enough, and we're just going gonna to handle this, right? So we'd, <laughs> we'd square up, and here we go as little kids. And, and he beat me up. And, oh, come on, man. No. So then some time would pass, you know, and, and uh, here again, we'd get to that point where it's like, I'm done. Let's do this. And he beat me up. Too much laughing. Um, No. And, And again, right? I'd get beat up till the point where I got a little older, got a little bigger. Fortunately for me, I was big for my age. Not so fortunately for him, he wasn't the biggest for his age. And so I caught up to him, right? And so inside of me, I started to notice this. Like, you know what? I'm feeling better about myself right now. You know, you start to kind of, you, you, you have this confidence that, hey, I'm sizing this thing up. I know what's going on. So sure enough, playing football out in the snow one year, and if you've never played football in the snow, what are you doing? Like seriously, uh, the best thing ever. But I, uh, I was running with the football, came in for this like nasty slide tackle my neighbor did to try to take out my knees. And I didn't care for it too much, but I went ahead and proceeded to score my touchdown. Hello. <laughs> um, and so after scoring the touchdown, I turned around and I just threw the football right at him. And I'm like, let's go. And I was just heated, all right? I think Jesus says that's all right. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I was heated. And, and so this time, I'm like, let's do this. And I had something else inside of me. And so I, I finally got my victory. You can laugh now, like clap or something. Um, and so I finally got my victory. And what was interesting was that was the last time we ever fought. Interesting, huh? So we size people up all the time, just like lobsters do. Let me prove it again. Right now, in your mind, imagine someone that is depressed. Like go ahead and like actually visualize someone that's just Down, depressed, okay? Hope you got them locked in. Now let me ask you a couple questions. What do their shoulders look like? Are they shrugged or are they back? This participation guys. shrugged, right? Is their head up or down? Are they talking fast or are they talking slow? slow? Loud or quiet, right? How'd you guys know all that? We assess people all the time. We assess them. So what I want to do, more class participation, we like never do this, but go ahead and stand to your feet. Yeah, come on, stand to your feet. I'm going to wake you up a little bit. We're going to do a little something here. What I want you to do is I want you to put your hands, you might feel a little silly, but everyone's doing it. So uh, put your hands on your hips, puff your chest out, shoulders back, like you got that S on your chest, right? You're Superman. And what I want you to do is breathe through your nose, in through your nose, and out through your mouth. Go ahead and do that. Now, keep doing that. I'm going to explain something to you, okay? Harvard did a study on this. Go ahead. You can. Usaba. All right? So Harvard did a study on this. By simply doing what you're doing and changing your posture, changing your physiology for two minutes it will increase your testosterone level by 20%. In two minutes, changing your posture, okay? Your cortisol level, this, the stress hormone, will decrease by 22% by simply standing here like a fool with your, your chest puffed up, right? You will be 33% more likely to act, to go into action by standing there and changing your physiology. Cool? Go ahead and sit down. Hopefully you feel like you can conquer the world right now. My goodness. <laughs> you know, it's, it's simple. Like, it's been proven that when you change your facial expressions and you smile, you are happier. Just by simply putting a smile on your face, you create positive emotion. By straightening your posture, by pulling your shoulders back, it changes your psyche just by simply changing your physiology. Back to our our lobster friends. Um, It's been proven that they have uh, serotonin, the chemical in their body, just like we do, that when they have high levels of serotonin, that their posture is better, that their ability to escape and move is better and they are much more likely to win in their battle than one that has low serotonin. Similar to us, if we have low serotonin levels, which has been known to to be like the happy chemical in our body, if we have low levels of serotonin, we have decreased confidence, decreased happiness. We respond more to stress, we're more anxious, we're more depressed, we are even more ill and have shorter lifespans based on our serotonin levels. So that's neat, Devin. Uh, how do we get more serotonin, right? That's the question. So here's just a few really practical things on serotonin, okay? Number one is, and this is going to blow your mind, but eat healthy food, <laughs> amazing. Uh, It's amazing what eating healthy will do. Uh, And uh, I read something here that breakfast is is an important meal. We've heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And then there's intermittent fasting that threw that all off. I don't know what's happening. But um, if you have a high-protein breakfast, you are much better off than having the uh, simple carbs, high sugars, I love cereal too, uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and don't even get me going on donuts because then it's all over. But uh, it's, it's proven that you, when you have those types of breakfasts, which we do regularly, um, we, we digest them so quickly and it turns in it spikes our blood sugar levels. And then we all know what comes after that is this big crash, right? So we have this up and then we have this crash and we're unstable, we're unstable. And so eating a healthy, healthy food, high protein breakfast keeps us stable as we go into our day. Number two is another crazy surprising one, exercise. Just exercise. It's interesting how God created us um, to eat healthy foods, like create our body like the temple that he tells us in scripture it is. When we eat healthy and we exercise, it raises the chemicals in our body. It's almost like he created us. Um, Number three, bright light. Just getting outside for 10 to 15 minutes a day is proven to raise your serotonin level. Levels are lowest after winter. They're highest after summer. Just being out in the sun, in the light, something about being in nature. Uh, We did a float trip uh, this week, and it was awesome. Number four, routines. We need rhythms in our life. Here's here's a way to prove this if you have little ones. uh, When your little ones in a good routine, it's like, oh, smooth sailing, this is great. And then when they're not, you're like, what is happening? Just go to sleep. Any parents agree with me there? Yeah, we need rhythms. We need good sleep. We need to wake up at consistent times of the day. We need these rhythms. Number five is a massage. Hello. I don't have to convince you much on that one, but you um, need to call massage Lux. Uh, number six, mood induction. So this is simply thinking on happy memories that you've had or pulling out some old photos, laughing and smiling about some some old memories that were happy that bring you back. I know seeing the uh, the old pictures of the kids just, you can't help but smile, and it's good stuff. So it, it raises your serotonin levels. It changes your physiology. Number one, change your physiology. Number two, change your focus. So last week, Dustin spoke on focus. It was outstanding. If you didn't listen to it, shame on you. No, go listen to it. Um, it, was, it was great. Uh, I'm just gonna touch on this briefly But uh, most of us focus on the negative side of things. Like, we think about what we don't have, what we want, the grass is always greener on the other side, kind of thing. Um, Where we're failing, where we're falling short, those are the things that kind of stick a little bit longer and linger, and what we dwell on many times. And Dustin told us that what we dwell on is what grows and magnifies in our mind. So, few things to kind of change the script on this. Start asking yourself different questions. Ask yourself, what am I most proud of? What am I most proud of? I started incorporating these in my one-on-ones with my managers um, weekly, because a lot of times it's so quick to like, oh, what do we gotta get done? And here's the to-do list, and what issues do we have going on? And then I asked them, what are you most proud of over this past week? And it like totally changed the dynamic of the conversation and it brought it up. And it's it just interesting. Simply asking a different question and changing our perspective is so helpful. I asked you earlier, what are you grateful for? When you get to this place where you're great, grateful and you have the spirit of gratitude, it totally changes our perspective, right? Totally changes it. Another thing that we need to do is avoiding feedback loops, negative feedback loops, like uh, ones that are driven by fear, ones that we, we beat into ourselves, I'm not good enough, right? We have these feedback loops where we get into these cycles where we just keep beating ourselves up. I mean, it could be about the most simple thing, like, uh, I need to clean the house today, and then you... Get done with breakfast and you clean up the, the sink and you sit down and you're like man i'm exhausted i don't know if i can i don't know if i can clean the house right now i just need to take take a second <laughs> and so then a few minutes go by and you're like yeah let me let me check out that tv show you know and then you're like oh i need to clean the house and i'm i don't know not yet you know I, i'm just not ready for it i'm just exhausted and then oh i gotta get the kids lunch gotta get the kids and you start feeding this loop into yourself where I'm just, I'm tired. At the end of the day, the house still isn't picked up, right? And we want different results. So we want to flip this thing. So how do we flip these negative feedback loops into positive ones? And so uh, what I recommend is starting to create small, simple habits. So sticking with our example, what if you just started cleaning the family room? (laughs) You know, let's get some momentum and traction going. And then you can start building off of that. Okay, yeah, the family room looks great. You know, maybe I could clean up the kitchen too. And if you clean up that sink, God bless you, because I got three little ones. I get it. That sink is always a disaster. So creating positive feedback loops to start getting some traction, building yourself up. Start simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. Faith is a positive emotion. Fear is a negative emotion. And the one that is most dominant, the one we focus on, is going to win. So are we going to focus on the positive, our focus on the negative? I have a, a few scriptures here that I'd like to go through. Three scriptures. I think they're really good. So lean in here with me. But starting in Deuteronomy... Chapter 30, verse 19, it says that today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. What choice? are we going to make positive life or negative curses 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says for god has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power love and self discipline he's given us a spirit of power love and self discipline if you're getting that fear stuff it ain't from him Right? And thank goodness he gives us that self discipline because I would be in trouble uh, if it's all on me. Donuts. I love them. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, pure, lovely, Commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If there is anything, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on those things, not where we're falling short, not what we don't have, but if there is anything worthy of praise, Let's be grateful and think on those things. Amen? All right, my third and final point, uh, my third way of changing our emotional state. Do I still have you all with me? We're still good? Do we need to do Superman again? Um, So the third thing is abide in Jesus. Follow him. Seek after him. In John 15, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. And if we abide in him, if we stay connected to him, we will bear good fruit. If we would just seek after him, if he would be our source, then it would cause us to change our emotional state to where we know we must Change. We must change. Abide in him. Whatever that is for you, to, to draw close to him, whatever works for you, right? If you need to to get in your own place and to worship, or if you need to pray, or maybe you need to just read scripture or get out in nature, whatever it is for you that draws you to him, abide in him, abide in him. He is our source. In verse 8, it tells us, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit He's glorified by this. And so prove to be my disciples. When you when you abide in him and you bear good fruit, that is how we prove to be his disciples.
1: And I love verse
0: 11. It says, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may may be made full. Right? when you step into this, when you abide in him, when you're bearing the good fruit, there's this joy where you are fulfilled. Yes. So here's the deal, guys. Stand up straight. Pull your shoulders back. Accept the responsibility of life with eyes wide open. Look at problems as opportunities. Let's flip the script. Take on sacrifices necessary to be productive, to be effective, to live a life that is glorifying to him, that is pleasing to him. Take it on. Be courageous. Be dangerous. Dare to live this life to the fullest. Step into your calling, step into your why and know that he is with you. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? Hey, let's help our neighbors. Let's help the poor. Let's help the needy. Let's meet our community where they are. Quit drooping. Quit hunching. Let's go. We are God's followers. Put your desires in front of you. Go after them like you can attain them. Encourage the serotonin to just flow through your body so that you can step into what you're called to be that you begin to be less and less anxious and you begin to increase your probability of being successful and effective and impactful. Live by faith. Embark on this journey with Him. Embark on this journey with Him. Let your life shine. Feel the joy and the fulfillment of what it's like to serve with Him. Listen, this is the time We are the generation to make a difference. We are going to make a difference in our community. We are going to reach people that don't know Jesus Christ, that need to know who he is. So come on, let's worship him right now.